Hey, this is Stories from the C-Suite. Each month, we bring you the different stories of how amazing people made it to the top of their field, how their backgrounds helped them achieve what they are doing currently and what the future will hold for them. I'm Tom Coates, and I will be your guide. This week, we have the privilege of chatting with Michael McCoy. Michael is an amazing fellow. He not only served our nation in the military, now he serves his fellow veterans in the Operation Stand Down Tennessee, which is an amazing organization and great place to, to help our veterans. So this week we get to speak with Michael and hear his story. But first... As a business owner, one of the things, I, I grew up in a small business, so this, I recognize how my father, my grandfather, and everybody just worried about things. Every day, you either worry about making money, saving money, being efficient, or, or just staying out of the government's way. And they had no one to really look to outside of themselves. It's a very lonely job being a business owner. And that's why we're really proud to have partnered with the Lonely Entrepreneur. What they do, it's its online training for the business owner. You know, who's he or she going to call on? And when are they going to go find this outside knowledge? Well, it's an online with the Lonely Entrepreneur is a resource that they're reasonably priced and they bring it on your time. So I'm really happy to have them part of our program. Michael, thank you very much for coming. Glad to be here. I am so tickled to share you with with our listeners uh, for a variety of reasons. We'll get into what you do professionally, but we got to start with um, on Fridays we wear maroon. We do maroon Fridays exactly because Michael is one of the most intelligent people you'll ever meet. He's also a Mississippi State grad. We are. We are both Mississippi State exactly. Alumni. Exactly. So we have a very strong allegiance to the Bulldogs. We have this. We our cowbells were given to us, and we know how to ring them. So we ring true. That is right. So we had to start with that. Hell State. Hell State. <laughs> All right. So let me let's start with. Um. After college, how did you end up with in the military? Did you did you go through with that in in your mind? So yeah. what was that whole process? So, so you grew up in in Jackson, in Jackson, Mississippi. Yep. Okay. So I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. My dad was in the Army. My grandfather was in the Marine Corps. My uncle was in the Marine Corps. Um, Great grandparents in World War II in the Army. And so my dad ended up in the army because his brother was getting assigned to Paris Island as a drill instructor. And he said, the last thing that I need is to show up at Paris Island and my brother be my drill instructor oh, that would and be beat worse. me harder. Yes. So he joined the army. Yes. And so I joined, I uh, did RTC. I started in Air Force. And so dad being in the army, grandpa other in the Marines, it's a lot more uh, physical than the Air Force. And so... We did some some training. I did the first freshman year of college as an Air Force RTC cadet, and it was just not for me. Uh, mm. I wear glasses. I'm blind, and so I wasn't going to be a pilot, and right. you're not as glamorous and glorious if you're not a pilot in the Air Force, so I switched over to be a ground founder in the Army. So There you go. Uh, Post-college, I went to uh, active duty at Fort Benning, Georgia, and so I'm a, a tank commander, and so we went and did tank training and did all kinds of different stuff. Uh, I was there for about a year, so... That was that was post college. How I got into the military, I got in the military because I couldn't see well enough to be a pilot. So. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah, I was colorblind, so I couldn't do it either. Yeah, so. exactly. Oh my goodness! You know, Dad was Navy. 
Okay. Um, and so he joined in, in World War Two and got him off of the farm. Yep. Which changed the entire trajectory of the Coates family altogether. So which is that's what the military often does for families. It does. Yeah. It does. So your degree is in political science. So okay. shaking hands, kissing babies. Which fits in perfectly with military life and being a tank commander, doesn't it? It kind of does. So, uh, you know, political science, we, we read a lot, did a lot of history, understanding why things happen. And so uh, the military side of the house is, hey, you know, what decisions are being made in the government that's going to affect you today? You know, and, and even so, some that affect you 20 years later, um, different things like that. So understanding the background, the political side of it uh, helps me in the military. Yeah, that makes perfect sense there. Now, you just uh, finished up a stint in Europe. I did. So I was just uh, in Ukraine for 322 days. And so it's a, a very hot topic right now. A lot of people know about Ukraine like they've never known about it before. Right. And, and it's Ukraine, not the Ukraine. So, yeah. So does that, does that annoy people that know better? Oh, yeah. So post-Soviet Union... Um, their thing was kind of like the Ohio State University. Everyone is the, if you were a Soviet bloc country, you were the whatever because you were part of the USSR. Okay. And part of their rebranding was to drop the the. And so, you know, the Ukraine is no longer the Ukraine. It is Ukraine and it's Latvia. It is Estonia. It is Romania. It is Yugoslavia. So it used to be the Georgia. Yeah. I did not. I, I just knew that people called it the Ukraine. And I knew that was wrong, but I did not know the yep. background of that. Yep. So it's a you know a big thing to kind of further separate themselves from the Soviet Union, and that was part of it. Now, there's a lot of technology companies that utilize resources in, in Ukraine. So they export two things, technology, technology services, and sunflowers. 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 I did not know that yeah. part. Why sunflowers? It just grows really well. <laughs> So you, you drive around and there's oh, farms and fields everywhere. And, and so we landed in uh, July 26th in mm -hmm. Ukraine, 2018. And we we had to drive through all these fields and stuff to get to where we were living. And it was just sunflowers. So as far as you could see, miles and miles and miles of fields of sunflowers. Like so the Midwest really cool. and corn. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Have you ever been to the sunflower field over in Murfreesboro? I've not. So at, uh, at I think it's I think the name of it is Beatty's Farm. Okay, it's right off of the interstate there in Medical Center Parkway. There's a farm type barn event mm -hmm. venue mm -hmm. there, and and in the surrounding acres, they at the appropriate time of the year they grow sunflowers, and people mm -hmm. come and have their their pictures taken with a sunflower background. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Then the rest of the Part, another part of the year, they grow strawberries. Hmm. So it's really interesting. Yeah. But sunflowers in sunflowers. Ukraine. Ukraine. Sunflowers. Never knew that. Yeah. I love that. Tech and sunflowers. Okay. That works for me. Yeah. Now, the, te the tech is, is their education system and their process works really well to, to have technologists and engineers. It's the thought process, the mm -hmm. culture. Uh, which is really interesting because you know a lot of companies outsource technology uh, to to offshore, um, 
but you have to understand the culture that you're outsourcing to. Right. Right. And, yeah. And their culture seems to really work well for projects. So they are a very structured and organized um, group of people. And so they really stick to the, the basis of it. Um, they start college at 16 there. Mm-hmm. And so you're done with your primary school and it you, you started about eight as opposed to younger. And so you're only in college from about eight to 16 or in high school and, and primary school. And so you go through that. And then at 16, you start college. Wow. So um, working with the military over there, we'll have a, a guy that's been in the military for five or six years. That's a, a commander and they're 21. 22. Wow. And so they're much younger um, progression wise than, than we were in our military, which was an interesting thing, but that leads to the well-structured. They have a little bit longer, you know, background in it. Mm-hmm. They start more specifically. They don't do a lot of, um, a, they don't apply the same model to college of like the fluff classes. You know, their, their core curriculum comes from high school, um, from their primary schools. And so okay. when you go to college, it's about a two year program, like most of Europe. And you're only taught, the very specifics of what your degree is. So it's not the well-rounded liberal education not that liberal traditionally nope. that we have here. They have schools that are like that. They do have uh, you know art schools and they have you know beautiful architecture and, and things mm-hmm. like that. But they're very specific. They're concise. They're to the point. They get things done. Oh, that's excellent. I know that uh, they'll tell you no. Yes. And um, and and okay with that. Yep. They're comfortable with telling you no. And then offshore, somewhere else, um, they may not be overly comfortable telling you no. So that that's you need to know where you're outsourcing. Uh, can you tell us more about what you're doing there in Ukraine? Yeah, so over there we were uh, mentor coaching and training. And so the military is working on a modernization process to become um, NATO familiar and NATO standardized. And so writing operations orders and understanding kind of how they they professionalize their military. Mm-hmm. And so we were partnered with Canadians, Lithuanians, Polish, um, two British guys that were very cheeky fellas. <laughs> uh, great people, though. And we just had a really good time just kind of sharing, you know, how do you professionalize your military and working with the, the forces that we were stationed with. And they were all great people. I love it. I, back in my law enforcement days, I, I spent a week at um, University of, of Louisville, mm-hmm. and it was International Crime Prevention, I forget, but we had people from all over the world. And so we had two high-ranking officials from uh, the Netherlands there, mm-hmm. and they were extremely high-ranking there, but they were insane. Mm-hmm. They were just hysterically funny. Oh, yeah. And where we were, you know, much younger than them and, and much more serious. And they're looking at us like, let's go have fun. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Work and pleasure. They they kind of mold together over there all, all across Europe. Yeah. It's, it's, it's It was different growing up in the Deep South. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not That's our culture. not the same. No. no. Uh, so, <laughs> it you, you know, it's different. Yeah. There's uh you do several different toasts. And so, like, it's you have to be very open and say, hey, look, I don't drink. Or, yes, I do drink. And then you have to participate. You can't stop in the middle of the toast. Oh, wow. So, like, you, you have to pace yourself and understand, like, just take little sips. Don't, like, do American style and, and drink your whole toast as, like, a shot. 
Because you need to, you're not going to keep up. I don't care what you say about yourself. You're not keeping up. Oh my goodness. And so you have to be cognizant of that. And so you have to say, hey, look, I, you know, I, I don't drink or I do drink. And, and, you know, it's a very ingrained part of their culture and it's, it's a form of respect and, right. and, and, you know, collaboration and camaraderie. You know, you break bread, you, you know, you have a drink and, you know, you eat the food and, you have the conversations and you you warm up to each other just like you would here. Yeah. And that that builds that camaraderie and trust. I love that. And doing that, you had to understand the different cultures and everything in, in Europe. How difficult was that to to get a clue on, on what's significant, what's not? Because, you know, we can blow something off like, man, that's nothing. And you just insulted their entire everything. Yeah. So um, what? So the army, in all of its wisdom, uh, we spent spent three Sorry. and a half weeks. Yeah, no, it's the government. You got to love it. Uh, so they're a little bit behind. And so we spent three weeks uh, in Texas getting prepared in cultural understanding. I mean, it was that was what it was. It was to, to avoid faux pas. And some okay. of the stuff they told us were like, they don't wear shorts. Don't take shorts. And we were like. Uh, okay and so like we're in texas it's it's like 105 it was yeah. like fourth of july we were dying and we're like oh man okay i've seen uh, europeans in shorts okay yeah so that was about a 40 year old cultural faux pas that the person that was training us had left the ukraine had left ukraine in the 80s <laughs> and like back then you weren't allowed to wear shorts and so like that was still she still thought that that was okay and like oh you don't wear shorts we got there. Everybody was in shorts. It was like oh, 85 yeah. degrees and beautiful and, right. and everybody was in shorts, but yeah, you just kind of, you know, you went and I mean, we lived, we lived in with the Ukrainians and, and we were in town and, and different stuff and, and they wanted to talk English to you. And right. you know, a lot of us, we were trying to learn Ukrainian. And so like, we were like, Oh, we want to speak Ukrainian with you. And they're like, no, no, no we want to practice English with you because our English is a way better than your Ukrainian. Oh, I bet. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm yeah. sure it is. Yeah. I love that. So. But going back to shorts, so we we went to Disney uh, down in Florida, and this this guy from Eastern Europe was there with his family, and he was in shorts. He was in Daisy Dukes. Oh yeah, and that's like, yeah, no. <laughs> it's uh, fashion is different. I just say that fashion is yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll just stop right there. Although we did do a reverse photo bomb. Do you know how to do that? No. Yeah. So if you have somebody that is interesting like that, that you, you'd like to take a picture of but don't want to be rude, you pose people in front of them so that they're in the background. So nice. it's the reverse photo bomb. I dig it. Yeah. That's so we, smart. There yeah, it's rude. Yeah, it works. <laughs> it, it works. Worked. We, we had the photo. Nice. <laughs> all right. So all right, and in conjunction with all that, you are very intimate with Operation Stand Down here in Middle Tennessee. Yes. And so can you tell people about about how that got started and what your division is doing? Yeah. So Operation Stand Down is a 26-year-old organization that serves veterans. And so in 1993, they started as an all-volunteer board hosting a, a stand-down event, which, which was called um, comprised of, of serving homeless Vietnam-era veterans. And so uh, they did that until 1996 as all volunteers. And so, you know, these individuals had daytime, full-time jobs, um, and they hosted this event twice a year. In 1996, the city had another nonprofit that operated some transitional housing, and they brought in those um, those board members at the time for stand down and said, hey, look, this other nonprofit can't do this anymore. Um, are you interested in writing and taking over this grant? 
And then the board met and decided, yes, we can. And so in 1996, they took over some transitional houses, about four of them, um, and started realizing they needed to provide some services and some support to all these veterans that were Mm -hmm. living in these transitional houses. And so they started providing career services and this and that and, and wrapping them around. And so they were like, well, you know, I have... 20 veterans that I'm helping here. There's there's tons more out there. And so right. they started opening it up to the veteran community as a whole. Here we are 26 years later. Uh, we have about 50 people on staff. We now have seven transitional houses. So um, 42 total beds for veterans that are experiencing uh, chronic or episodic homelessness. So we can you know bring you off the street. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also now are more focused because that number, knock on wood, uh, is is decreasing drastically and so there's a lot of big national initiatives the va has really changed kind of how they they manage the homeless process and so that number's shrinking and so it's wonderful knocking on wood and you know working ourselves out of a job in that side of the house but so now we're expanding our client base um and those services to transitioning veterans and so what that looks like is a, a veteran that's just getting out of the military been out for a year or so or whatever that you know time frame looks like and they are trying to answer that big question who am i now and so this would be like going to you tom and saying tom you're not allowed to talk to people anymore you you can't do that anymore this is who you are this is who you've been your whole life right you can't do it anymore you can you can only write words down you can't talk and so you know you have to change who you are completely because you you can't do that job anymore you Mm -hmm. you retire you get out of the military and so um it's still always going to be a piece of who you are but you kind of got to figure out hey what do i want to do now uh, what's next for me? And so we help them figure that out. So what are some of the ways that you help them? So um, big things are just sitting down and having conversations and saying, hey, look, you know, uh, <laughs> we have a career services team and and they say, hey, look, I want to be in IT. Most people don't know what IT means to them. Right. No. And so, you know, what do you mean when you say IT? Um, having that conversation because, you know, what you did in the military, maybe you were in um, – network management or, or security or cybersecurity or something like that and you know you think you can you're just going to step into an IT type role civilian side well it, it talks a little different that lexicon the verbiage is different and yep. understanding what that job really entails because anyone that's been in the military knows that whatever their job is there that's just a little piece of what they're doing and so yep. the civilian world's the same way and so you got to decide you know the big way I asked is what actions do you want to take every day because that's that's your job. What actions do you want to do every day? And so figuring that out, you kind of can go and say, all right, from what you described to me, this is what you kind of are, are telling me you want to do because maybe it's not even under IT. It's maybe it's under facilities. You know, you want to be the, the network administrator that runs the cable. Yeah. It's a friend of mine over in uh, Murfreesboro owns um, a company called Titan Web. As, uh, he was an um, army dude. And when he was over in Iraq, you know, he had a little bit of downtime. But he had computer. And so in his downtime, he learned how to do um, websites. And so he created his job in his downtime over in, in the Middle East. And when he came home and left the military, he had a career there. That's not the norm. Yeah, no. that's not the norm at all, and, and it's most people don't think that far ahead. They they have a task in front of them, they do their task, and they anticipate what is needed to do their task. But as far as their personal career post military, 
that's another world. It is. It is. And post-military is another world for most people. Yeah. So, I mean, you you moved, if you were active duty, every couple of years. You know, you established new friend groups. Mm-hmm. Um, you had built-in friend networks. So, when you landed a new military base, no matter what branch, there's a welcoming committee. There's a welcome center. There's a, your whole team, your new staff rolls out the red carpet to meet you and, and you know, their wives and, and their spouses are, are there and it's a built-in network. You know, when you moved to Nashville from Fairbanks, Alaska, you you know, that was your last duty station. Right. And you moved to Nashville, that same community isn't there. I mean, you know, you go to work for XYZ company and they don't, they don't do that. That's not how things operate. Mm-mm. And so what we do at Stand Down is we try to be that welcoming committee. You know, people get plugged into us. And so you can come to our events. You can, you know, meet new people. You can, you know, do whatever you're passionate about, serving so, your pals. So um, tell us, tell folks about some of the networking events that you do, some of the training events that you do. Yeah. Because so, that's uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. So luckily, the, the guy sitting right here, Tom, you were uh, you're a big part of that. So. What we did was we sat down and we built this this networking event. We were like, well, how can we teach veterans to network? And you and I mm-hmm. had several conversations about yeah. that. And we said, you know, let's let's do like a, a, a panel. And so we did some open networking at the beginning. We did a panel that we kind of talked about, hey, how do you transition? How do you get jobs? What is the job market like now? How mm-hmm. do you sell yourself, your background, sales, Tom? Yeah. And so explaining what that looks like because – you know, in the military, you have the we, not I culture. And so when you're finding a new job, you have to sell yourself as I. And so um, these networking events that we started about two years ago help you with little snippets and nuggets of knowledge to understand kind of what you need to do to be successful. And so we host those uh, once a quarter and we have you bring together like-minded individuals who are mm-hmm. a job seeker or they have jobs or they're mentors or they're coaches that want to help you and, and help connect you to that community. And so those have been super instrumental in helping connect people, just making new friends, understanding that community and, and what's out there. So. so those are great. And then can can people reach out to you as far as like being a sponsor for that event or resource for that? Those yeah, events? definitely. So, um, you can host them. So how we've worked with businesses in the past are um, you know, if they want to have the event at their site. Mm-hmm. Um, we always are open to that. Uh, we have a really great partner right now, um, L3 Harris. So it's a, a defense contractor over yep. on Charlotte Avenue. Yep. They have a really cool site. Yes, uh, they do. Yeah. So we're going out there again. And so um, we just are going to get together there and fellowship. And so companies that have cool places that want to kind of share kind of put some meat to the bones of, hey, I want to hire veterans. Well, these are the things that I'm doing to support and to back up what I'm saying, not just saying, oh, I want to hire veterans. Well, I want to hire veterans and I'm working with this organization to sponsor this event that brings in veterans that get some career ready, that get some trained. So it's, you know, you're putting your actions right. into your words. So, Well, let's talk about that real quick. Yep. All right. So if you want to hire veterans and you say that that's good, but Benjamin Franklin says, well done is better than well said. That's right. All right. So a veteran who takes your standardized application process to work through your normal thing that HR has set up for the rest of the world often is going to filter out that veteran because they don't fit the corporate America box. 100%. 100%. So how can people help veterans sidetrack or move around that, yep. that 
It, yep. the, and the HR has done a good job building what works for the rest of the population, but it does not work for veterans. So how can HR and companies recognize that yeah. and get moved past that so that they can recognize the quality and skill sets that the veterans bring to the marketplace? I'm going to flip this back on you. How okay. many jobs have you ever applied for? None. How many jobs have you gotten by networking and knowing people? Um, almost all of them. That's that's how right there. So huh. um, I'll shut up then. Then look at you. You knew <laughs> you know the answers to the question. So uh, you know we we train veterans and, and coach veterans and lead veterans to that answer right there. And so um, by getting them out to networking events like C Suite, you know um, our networking events. Mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee SHRM, the yeah. Project Management Institute, all of these different organizations by meeting these people and understanding kind of how organizations operate. Because right. I can tell you right now, I can I cannot ne- network you into Amazon. I mean, I, I know what Jeff Bezos' email is, but that doesn't mean he answers emails from Mike McCoy. But, you know, yeah. you got to kind of figure out, hey, do I want to ne- try to network my way into a company like Amazon or am I really looking for a – um, this type of role, this this warehouse manager type of role mm-hmm. that I can make an impact at a small organization, a local or a medium regional sized business. And so, you know, you can get on LinkedIn and search and find those types of businesses. And then you can you can narrow that search down and say, hey, I want to work at this type of business. I was in the Army. Right. So I'm going to find somebody that was in the Army that works at that business. And I'm going to say, hey, look, man, I uh, or, or lady, I, I want to. Yeah. Talk to you about what you do. I'd like to have 15 minutes of your time, or I can buy you coffee, or I can buy you lunch, breakfast, dinner, whatever that looks like, and kind of talk to you about your organization. I'm interested in it. Um, would you be willing to take that call? And so being willing to take that call, once you're on the other side of it, right? man, that's huge. All right, so just two being things. available. Make sure that you put your military experience on your LinkedIn profile. Yep. And if you are the, the veteran that's looking to find those positions, then you could search for people that have that military experience within LinkedIn at each of those companies. 100%. And so that is your road in there. I'll give you a, a real quick example of not Please. a veteran searching for a job, but, but my daughter-in-law, who um, she, um, her firm was, was sold to another company. And the gossip got out that the other company was going to spin off their division and dismiss them all. Ended up, uh, they they kept it and and it's worked out wonderfully. But uh, she went out on LinkedIn and she started working LinkedIn like a master. Yeah. And she 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 uh, found different companies, different connections, to the point where she would connect in with with um, different companies at different levels to talk to them. And it finally she um she got this interview with this company. And the vice president was talking to the HR director. Go, I want you to talk to this young lady, uh, Shelby. And uh, and and the the HR director goes, Oh, well, I just connected with her on LinkedIn. What my daughter-in-law did not know was wasn't a large company, so she already connected with eight of the people there, <laughs> and so yeah. they all kind of halfway knew her going yeah. in. But it was perfect. So she did such a good job. If you do that. You will draw attention, and people like to yep. help other people. It's in yep. our DNA. Yep. 
So we say 10 to 15 times uh, a week, you need to, you need to post or interact and, and not just like something on LinkedIn. You no. need to, you know, if, if you, Tom, when Use you post words. something about it, yeah, you know, post about a podcast, listen to the podcast mm-hmm. and then comment something meaningful that you got out of that podcast yeah. or, or that you learned or that it's a shared more experience. Than th- more than thank you for sharing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if you, all you do is click whatever is the suggested response that LinkedIn gives you in the app, you're failing yourself. Yes. That's the only person that's you're, you're letting down. Yep. So Exactly. Would you plan and strategize for your next big event by just doing the whatever? Yeah, no. Yeah. You know, the, the biggest, most important event post-military for veterans and, and jo- any job seeker is that next career is is optimizing yeah. landing that next role. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're, you know, a new college grad, you're, you know, looking to make that management leap, you were going from individual contributor to manager and you're looking for that perfect role, whatever that is, you need to you need to jump head first into yeah. it and and put the effort into it because you know, you you're better off to to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. You know, Absolutely. and that goes for you know, those relationships, cover letters, take a second and write a cover letter, you know, build you a little shell and, and kind of put in how you can you know, be effective for that organization. You know, and this comes from sales background, ask for the job, ask for the sale, ask for the role, you know, whatever you need to do and, and be engaging and, and be worthwhile and be somebody yep. worth knowing and, and not a, a an oxygen. So, so every meeting, every encounter that you ever have with somebody else, then you you have three objectives. You must must achieve, each interaction must achieve one of three results. You either get a yes, you get a no, or you find out what the next action. If you leave that encounter without knowing those one of those three results, you wasted everybody's time. 100%. 100%. So, yes. All right. So I want to, not to bring us down, but um, this is important because of the number 22. 100%. All right, so um, 22 veterans commit suicide every day. And often it's because they just don't have a job or community to connect themselves to. Yeah, so if you look at, so the number is about 14 million um, veterans in the United States. 50% of them are engaged in something. Uh, okay. So that is an organization like Operation Stand Down, American Legion, VFW, uh, their church, their community, school, something. They're engaged in something. The VA, um, 50%, so that's another 7 million, are engaged in nothing. The number something that work out to about 18 of those 50% come from that 50%. Hmm. So of those 22, 18 come from that, that disengaged non-engaged veteran. And so what that looks like is, you know, there's some people that don't resonate with their military service. Maybe they had a bad experience. You know, there is bad things that happen in the military. It's full of human beings. Yeah. And, you know, they there's this saying that goes that, you know, the military would be great if you took all the people out of it. So, <laughs> you know, but there's bad stuff that happens. And so people disengage from it and they disengage from society. They move back home. Mm-hmm. You know, we both grew up in Mississippi where you can be out in rural Mississippi and there's not anybody around you. So if you got out of the military and you go move back home to a cabin in the woods and you don't see anybody and you go to your local Piggly Wiggly once a month, right? you're going to be disengaged, man. And, and, you know, the big thing that we try to encourage people to do is if you know a veteran uh, struggling or not, man, just engage with them, have a conversation. 
And they're uh, not going to walk up to you and go, hey, I'm struggling. Talk to me. Nope. No, you won't know. You won't. No, 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 no. Did I ever tell you how I learned that number 22? No, tell me. All right. So it was, it was oh, July a few years ago. I remember it being July because it's freakishly hot. Mm-hmm. And I had a coffee meeting on the square in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I know you cannot imagine me at a coffee meeting. Never. <laughs> Never. Never. And so I'm, I'm, I parked and I'm walking to, to the uh, uh, coffee shop, and it was actually owned by a veteran. And I looked over, and he's in the yard of the courthouse. And, um, and he has a sign that says 22 on his sign. And I looked at him and said, what are you doing? He goes, come here, I'll tell you. So I'll go across the street, and um and here I am in my suit and tie and sweating because it's July. And he's, he tells me about the number 22. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you want to hold my sign? A former Marine tells me that story and asked me to hold the sign. 100%. I held it. Heck yeah. And I stood there, sweating my fat butt. <laughs> oh, it was brutal. After about an hour, I looked down and said, Dude, I really do have a meeting. He goes, thanks. Yeah. It meant a lot to him, but it meant more to me. Yeah, 100%. So I'll never forget that. Yeah. So these are young men and women that have said yes to our country. And it'd be really nice if their country said yes to them. Yeah. All right. So with within Operation Stand Down, mm-hmm. uh, you guys do a couple other things that are, are pretty cool. One of them is just a social thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, you, I don't know which one of y'all shared this with me. I think it was you that you did it down downtown, and the the bartender that was closing up something um, told y'all that that uh, he was in transition and operates in stand down. Gave him furniture. Yep. Yeah. Can you tell that story? Yeah. So uh, we do it here in Nashville, in downtown Nashville, on Broadway. There's a, a lot of bars, and specifically, there's one bar, Redneck Riviera. It's owned by John Rich or funded by John Rich, and it has a military law enforcement theme. And so um, the top floor, the first Tuesday of every month, we have a social um, up there bringing everybody. It's open to the public. We don't block off the area, so if just some random person on the street wanders in, uh, which happens um, – you know, they can come up and, and be like, hey, what are you guys doing here? And so we tell them. And so um, the bartender there, he had just moved to town. Uh, he'd been a veteran, was a veteran, and he had came into stand down before and had gotten some help. We do uh, we own a own and operate a thrift store as a social enterprise. And one of the things we are able to do through donations of furniture, clothing, stuff is give free furniture, clothing and stuff. To veterans when they're moving into a new house or um, exiting homelessness into their own house. And so this veteran, he had came in, kind of shared the situation with our case managers and he had gotten help. And then he ended up, you know, serendipitously landing at, at Redneck Riviera and, you know, seeing us there. And, and that's just kind of, it comes full circle. You never yes, know does. who you're going to run into that, you know, might've been helped before. Uh, there's a, a lot of great people in town that we've had the pleasure of knowing over the past, you know, two decades and two and a half decades. And so yeah. we're, we're glad to have a, a great reputation in town and, and have a large footprint. So how can people connect with you personally? So look me up on LinkedIn, uh, Michael McCoy. If you do the uh, the 
LinkedIn.com backslash N I N backslash Michael S. McCoy. That'll that'll get you straight to me. Say that one more time. LinkedIn.com backslash I N backslash Michael S. McCoy. All right, perfect. Yep. And then uh, Operation Stand Down Tennessee is OSDTN. And so you can find OSDTN on LinkedIn and Facebook. All right, perfect. And the thrift store, do you guys have a um, like a closet for interview clothing? Yep. So we do suits, ties, jackets, uh, sports coats, sweat, or uh, khakis, all the whole the whole gamut. And so we'll do all of that. And uh, so that's on 12th Avenue South as well. It's right next door to our office. Yep. Um, you can, if you get the Nashville scene, you can flip through there, look at the ads. There's always an ad in there for it. And so they, we have a great partnership with them. Thank you, Nashville Scene. Yeah. And so that's, you know, look us up. Fantastic. And uh, um, you were telling your dad's moved to town. Yep. Both of my parents moved here uh, while I was deployed, lucky enough to have that opportunity. Yep. And you told me that, that um, when you, your son, and your dad are together, it looks like before, during, and after photo shoots. Yes. So I love that. We all look a lot alike. So. There's no harm in that. They... Um, with my sons and my my grandsons, they people go, yeah, that's a coat. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, you can it's tell. It's pretty cool. You can tell. Pretty cool, sir. Thank you very hey, much, Tom. Appreciate, appreciate the you. opportunity. Appreciate it. We'll have a, a quick uh, sponsor break, and and then after that, we'll give a, a networking tip. It's going to be about LinkedIn. Perfect. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So the other day I had a coffee with a buddy of mine, Dave Tobin. He's the different type of insurance guy that you've ever met. He describes health insurance company as health insurance monsters. And every year they show up without any warning and increase your premium 10 to 15% for next year. And I think we all can relate to the insurance monster, you know? He strives to reduce the cost of the premiums by 10 to 20% without cutting your benefits. That's pretty cool. One of his clients actually received a refund check from the insurance monster for $85,000 based on what work that Dave did for them. So if you want to tackle that insurance monster, reach out to Dave Tobin. During our chat with Michael, if you remember, we talked a lot about the use of LinkedIn. And so our networking tip for this week is making sure that your LinkedIn profile is all set up. And that includes that little piece of real estate behind your picture. First, make sure that your picture, your headshot is appropriate. It has the appropriate look. Really, it ought to be a chest up, not a full body because that's kind of too small. It really doesn't need to be an action scene, you know, unless that's what you do for living but otherwise it needs to be a professional shot but then you have real estate behind there the banner area back there that you should put a clip art on there and it should help reinforce what you do for living so if you're a speaker then have a clip of a picture of you speaking to a group in the background if you're a draftsman we'll put some some things back there that resemble what you do for a living so make sure that your imagery within your linkedin matches your profession and don't waste that opportunity to tell your story professionally through pictures that's your tip for this week Hey, we also want to thank our friends over at i65 music they're the ones that produce recorded 
and edited this episode. Nashville's only audio branding agency, 20 years experience in music and audio. They give brands and agencies that expertise needed to bring their companies and their brands voice to the world. You know, if your company or your brand is, is looking to be more distinctive in its category and precise in its communication, then reach out to I-65 Music. Their website is I as in the letter i65music.com or you can also email them at info at i65music.com. I hope that you enjoyed this story today. It, it, to me, the, the hearing from somebody's heart, how they achieved what's important to them, their passion, really, it tells me who they are as a person, and it helps me find success in other things as well. If you know somebody that needs to be part of our show, please let us know, and join us anytime you'd care to at one of our C-Suite events. Another thing that you could do to help us out with this is subscribe, and also leave a comment. Tell us what we're doing right eh, we'll take the what we can do improve too because you don't get better without that but please join us each time if you subscribe to it you'll be notified every time we put one out thanks talk to you soon